You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Our reading this morning comes from the most Reverend Michael Bruce Curry, who is presiding bishop and primate of the Episcopal Church. The reading is titled, Love is the Way. Love is not selfish and self-centered. Love can be sacrificial, and in so doing becomes redemptive. And that way of unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive love changes lives, and it can change this world. If you don't believe me, just stop and imagine. Think and imagine a world where love is the way. Imagine our homes and families where love is the way. Imagine neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine business and commerce where this love is the way. Imagine this tired old world where love is the way. When love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty good room, plenty good room for all of God's children. Because when love is the way, we actually treat each other well, like we are actually family. That's a new heaven, a new earth, a new world, a new human family. Again, that was from the most Reverend Michael Bruce Curry, presiding bishop and primate of the Episcopal Church, Love is the Way. When love is the way, that's a new heaven, a new earth, a new world, a new human family. Words from the Most Reverend Michael Curry, presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. Words first delivered at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Some of you will be delighted I won't be talking about them anymore. Some of you will be disappointed. (laughs) Imagine that. But words he's delivered time and time again since, words he's refined and offered up from his podcast, Love is the Way, to his book, Love is the Way, to the Way of Love initiative within the Episcopal Church that invites Episcopalians to figure out what love looks like in their lives. Not just what it looks like for their lives, how love could become a rule of life, like a monastic rule of living a way of framing and shaping one's day-to-day existence, not just a throwaway word, love, but a word that is a guiding light and an inner light. I've been following the work of Bishop Curry for some time, having marched with him in Washington, D.C., heard him speak, seen him work, been in his presence. I've come to experience him as someone completely genuine in his faith. So when he talks about love, I pause to listen. Because love is a word we hear a lot. 
especially with Valentine's Day on the way. It's a word on bumper stickers and t-shirts. It's a word uttered from former hippies, flower children, and those who are a bit crunchy granola. <laughs> it's a word uttered from the mouths of people that make you raise an eyebrow. I wonder, who are you thinking of? Love is one of those words. I love my husband, but I also love cinnamon rolls, right? Not quite the same thing. I love rainy days and my dog. I love the Chicago White Sox, but I also hate them. <laughs> I love black licorice and my family. I love to kvetch about this or that. I love being a minister. I love my faith. I love quite a lot. Much of them loved in different ways. One word to capture so much feeling. Love is indeed one of those words. Now, I had no idea when I first planned to talk about Bishop Curry's way of love that we Unitarian Universalists would also be talking about love on a national level, asking ourselves in this community, our community of congregations, and pondering whether or not love should be at the center of our values and define it as a power that unites us. But here we are, and love is worth exploring. Why? Whether we name it or not, as a guiding principle for us Unitarian Universalists, love is something human beings have quite a lot to say about. It is indeed a force, a power. It is also a word that begs reflection in communities like ours. What do we mean when we say love? I have no doubts up and down Clay's Mill Road this morning and in churches all across Lexington and all across the world, love is being invoked. It's being invoked in mosques and synagogues on Friday nights, in wicking covens on a Sabbath, in New Age communities, in cults and fringe religions aplenty. Love. And it's also being invoked here. How many of you used to belong to a religious tradition that spoke about love often, but you found out that love had a lot of ands, ifs, or buts? Yeah. You found out the love they spoke of was conditional. You had to check boxes. You had to stay on a narrow path. You had to fit a mold. You had to suppress who you are. Kind of love that stifles our very essence. Another question, though. How many of you grew up in an age when love was more of a catchphrase for behavior without limits? You don't have to admit it if you don't want to. <laughs> Looking at you, former hippies and flower children. All right. <laughs> Being a Unitarian Universalist for as long as I have been, I know full well the stories of the free love movement in our congregations during the 60s and 70s. Love sometimes is a word without any boundaries. Two extremes of the word love. And then there's the reality that you can love someone deeply, but also love tacos. You can love the suffering of someone you dislike. You can love chaos and dysfunction. You can love something to the point of your own destruction or the destruction of people or the world around you. To say that love is complicated is an understatement. Still, we human beings, especially those of us in a community like this, are called to grapple with its meaning, its power, its place in our way of life. 
Now, I know that Bishop Curry isn't talking about tacos or destruction or abusive religion. He's talking about love as a liberating, unconditional, sacrificial, unselfish, and redemptive power, a spiritual discipline, a spiritual rule of living and shaping one's life. For Bishop Curry, it's rooted in the words and work of Jesus of Nazareth. You need never have been in a Christian church to know the tried and true sayings of from Jesus or the early Christian movement. Love your neighbor. Love one another as I have loved you. Or perhaps you've been to a wedding, maybe even your own, when the words of Paul of Tarsus ring out. Love is patient. Love is kind. For Bishop Curry, love is the power that inspires hope when the world around us is falling apart. Love is the power that asks us to turn away from hate and division. Love is what inspires us to learn more about ourselves, each other, and the things we are passionate about. Love calls us to pray, reflect, meditate. Love asks us to ascribe worth to something beyond just ourselves, to bless the world for the blessing it is, to go to places where we are challenged to rest in love and care for ourselves too. Letting Bishop Curry's words and reflections sink in, Though from a tradition that is no longer my own, I find myself wondering what love could, should, would be for Unitarian Universalists. We say it most Sundays. We celebrate an historic faith with a radically progressive theology that calls us to love with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. Our values call us to love. Or do they? The first principle of Unitarian Universalism, as it is right now, states, we affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Now, I've always been in the camp of folks that chime in immediately and say, it never says all people are good, and it never says I have to love them. How many of you have been there? (laughs) I'm ashamed of having said such things. Yes, it is true. Not all people are good but the most evil among us still have worth and dignity. I don't think that's wrong to say, but I am ashamed I let jadedness interfere with my capacity to love or to learn to love or to even ponder love. I don't blame Unitarian Universalism for this. I don't blame my upbringing or my friends or any of you. I blame myself for being influenced by a culture and a world that often presents transactional love as the way. Quid pro quo, all love has a price. And so if it's not transactional, right? It must be free love, love with no boundaries. Love, 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 right? (laughs) There's a religious community in town that has bumper stickers that say, all you need is love. I appreciate the sentiment. But we're also getting into the territory where love becomes an empty shell, a word we can ignore, or a word we can use to explain away all manner of things. I turn again to Bishop Curry, where love is a discipline, a rule of life, a way of shaping our hearts and minds to a more rewarding life, a practice that is not easy, a practice that, like meditation, becomes a habit over time, a practice that slowly changes us in ways we can never anticipate, allows us to grow, allows us to flourish. It still begs the question in the words of the immortal song, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Sally, play for us. (laughs) Writing this, I've been thinking about Hadaway the whole time. Uh, I think the answer lies. What is love? 
and examining its power in our lives. Who here has ever loved someone or something? Who? Who? Oh, look at that. Locate the power of that love. Remember how it changed you. Is it still with you? Or have you let it go for love of someone or something else? Human beings love. And I believe the only explanation that is worthwhile is asking you to call to mind the times you've loved. There is a power there. Even when it ends, the pain is a testimony to that power. Love is indeed a motivating force. It goes beyond our casual love of this or that. But when it's a power that shapes your lives, you know it. You feel it. You may not be able to define it or describe it fully, but you just know. You know the power of love. From that point of knowing, that intimate connection across our differences and within ourselves, the pieces start to fall together. We're no longer pondering the extremes of love on either side, but instead finding that middle way the rocky path that is a discipline, the whetstone for the heart. Knowing that, knowing what love means to us and knowing it is a shared human experience, I would question anyone that would downplay that. To downplay the power. Remember the power. Because it's so much more than a word. It's so much more than a value or a principle or a guiding force. It's a crucible. Like the crucibles of the universe that gave birth to the stars. I look to communities who've endured great suffering and how love has been a crucible of resilience, endurance, and liberation. Black and brown communities across America who centered on love. The LGBTQ community. Women who fought and are still fighting for their rights. The people committed to protecting the ideals of our republic. Those who tirelessly tend to the environment. When people downplay that kind of power, what kind of person is that? Perhaps it's someone who doesn't have much, if anything, to lose. Love calls us to life-affirming, life-giving possibilities, and it can defy rationality. It can defy what we think we know to be true. It can push us toward the unexpected, like a ball of yarn hitting you in the back of your head. There it is! <laughs> we are creatures not just of the head, but of the heart. I did not become a minister because I was called by this or that god or goddess. I did not become a minister because it was the most logical thing for me to do with my life. I became a minister because I love Unitarian Universalism and Unitarian Universalists. Doesn't mean I always like it, but I do love it. What have you given your life to because of love? And furthermore, what could love give you in return? For me, it's not hard to imagine a world where love is the way. I need only look at our history to see glimpses of its power transforming lives. It was love that called Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to the work of liberation for his people. It was love that inspired his dream of America. It was love that called people down to march alongside him. Like Dr. Cornell West says, justice is what love looks like in public. In our own history, as you use, it was love that beckoned the Reverend James Reeb to march in Selma, Alabama, knowing it was dangerous, knowing that he could lose his life and lose his life he did. But his love remains. 
It was love that called to Viola Liuzzo, a mother of five and passionate advocate for justice. It was love that saw her belting out songs of freedom as the Ku Klux Klan chased her down before shooting her. She gave her life, but love remains. It was love that inspired Unitarians and Universalists of old to preach and teach messages of acceptance, freedom, and hope. Though many lost their lives or were forced into hiding, love kept the fire of our faith burning throughout history, despite all the attempts to snuff it out. It is not hard to imagine a world where love is the way because in Unitarian Universalism and beyond, we are shoulder to shoulder with ancestors who imagined it just for a moment and changed the world. It's not hard to imagine a world where love is the way because in this very room, you are shoulder to shoulder with those who dream of a more loving and just world. Maybe it's even you. It's not hard to imagine. And imagine with me if you would. And we can start small. It need not be the whole world yet. What does a congregation look like where love is the way? Imagine that. Transforming redemptive, liberating love right here, right now. And it matters not if love is written down in black or right, black or white. What matters is the practice of it. Bishop Curry would be quick to say, don't just imagine it. Make a plan. Make a rule of life. How will love guide you and guide your life starting this moment? Do you have a rule of life? the way you shape and frame your living, perhaps the way of love can be that for you. Now we need not go get the Benedictine rule of life here and follow all the dozens and dozens of steps. A rule of life from Bishop Curry is very simple. Now, if you want a little Latin lesson, rule of life comes from regula, which means a gentle nudge, right? A way of shaping, framing. It's not rules and regulations. It's a guiding framework. So here's how you create a gentle pattern in your life. Identify one to three values for you. Core values. Core values that should be life-affirming, life-giving. Here's mine. You'd think a minister, a clergyman would be like, well, discipline. That's a good one. Faith, of course, spirituality. In my case, I would gravitate toward hard work. That was a value I grew up with. Same with endurance and resilience. But no, my core values are health, family, and contentment. Health because I cannot serve in this profession or be present to my family without taking care of myself. Family, both actual family and found family, because it's always good to know who's got your back and to delight in those relationships. And contentment because it combines my values of harmony, simplicity, and gratitude. From those values, I make vows to myself. I vow to take care of my mind and body more intentionally so I could be present to my family, my faith, and myself, and so on and so on. And from making vows, you identify habits. Running, walking, avoiding donuts and other empty calories. For contentment, habits could be meditation, donating to charities, waiting a couple days before I buy something impulsively. But then to put it all into action, the values, the vows, the habits. From there, if the values you choose are indeed life-giving and life-affirming, Bishop Curry says the way of love grows and comes naturally. 
You might not think a value of logic could lead to love, but it could. A value of solitude, but it could. A value of determination, but it could. Because when we are clear in what guides us, what gives us life, that complicated word, love, in all of its strangeness, all of its power, emerges. Because we want to share what gives us life. Love for ourselves, for this life, for others, for the hopes and dreams we have for this world. So look at us this Sunday morning. Modern monastics together on the way of love. In closing, I share words from Dr. King. Love is creative and redemptive, he says. Love builds up and unites. Hate tears down and destroys. The aftermath of the fight with fire method, is, which you suggest is bitterness and chaos. The aftermath of the love method is reconciliation and the creation of the beloved community. Physical force can repress, restrain, coerce, destroy, but it cannot create and organize anything permanent. Only love can do that. Yes, love, which means understanding, creative, redemptive goodwill. May you remember the power of love in your life. May it guide you and inspire your values. May it be a force of creative, redemptive goodwill here and beyond. It is not hard to imagine a world where love is the way. May it be so, dear friends. Blessed be. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.